Hello, friends. I'm Colleen Orcanian, and you're listening to Food for Thought, Spiritually Speaking, where we explore ways to have a more profound encounter with God. If you like what you hear, please share this with others or send me a message on my website at ColleenOrcanian.com. That would be great. Now for today's episode called Know Thyself. We once had a silky terrier named Caesar and a Doberman named Brutus. Caesar weighed about 12 pounds and Brutus weighed much more. Caesar did not know he was a little dog. He thought he could take on Brutus, but that did not work out so well. Caesar did not have self-knowledge, but then he was a dog, so that's to be expected. We humans are a different story. We need self-knowledge to grow. St. Augustine said, Self-knowledge is the crucial first step towards knowledge of God. So if I want to know God, I must first know myself. One of the great barriers to self-awareness is self-deception. Self-deception is when I do not see myself as I really am. And there are two extremes of self-deception, and certainly places in between. The extremes are self-loathing on the one end, seeing myself as less than reality. I'm useless and I can never do anything right. The opposite extreme is egotism, seeing myself as more than reality. I'm the greatest thing since sliced white. As we grow in self-knowledge, we're less likely to be at one of those extremes. So how do we do that? How do we grow in self-knowledge? We consider different aspects of who we are. Here are seven specific areas that we can explore. One, each of us has been given gifts and a purpose for our life that requires us to use those gifts. Those at the extreme of self-loathing have trouble seeing their own value, their own gifts. Those at the extreme of egotism think too highly of their gifts and make those gifts all about themselves. When I recognize my gifts and acknowledge their source, which is God, I can try to discern how God wants me to use those gifts. A second area to explore is attachments. Those are the things of this world that are more important to me than God. It could be work or sleep, a hobby, a person, our material goods, our stuff. If I'm at one of the extremes, self-loathing or egotism, my attachments become very important, like a security blanket. We put our faith in them. But Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 20 tells us to store up our treasures in heaven, not on earth. Our, our attachments are things of this world that we cling to that become more important than our response to God and our love for others. And Jesus calls us to leave everything and follow him. A third area to explore is our sins. 1 John 1, 8 says, If you say you're without sin, you are a liar. The letter to the Romans says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Self-knowledge includes learning where I am most likely to fall. Self-loathing finds sin where it doesn't exist, and egotism denies that there is any sin at all. Both extremes keep us from knowing ourselves and knowing God. But each of us has a root sin, one that leads to most of our other sins. So you can figure out your root sin by thinking about the seven deadly sins. They are pride or vainglory, gluttony, greed, envy, lust, 
sloth, which is spiritual laziness, and anger. So which one of those is your root sin, which is the source of the rest of your sins? Pondering those questions will help you grow in self-knowledge, and that is the beginning of conquering your root sin. Another area to explore is our vulnerabilities. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Your enemy the devil is prowling about, looking for someone to devour. It's important to know our weaknesses, where the enemy can successfully attack. We are attacked every day. He tries to damage relationships, disturb our peace, and harm our trust in God. It's good to consider each day the attacks that I've faced so I can begin to strengthen those areas of my life so that I cannot be such easy prey tomorrow. The fifth area is spiritual progress. In Matthew seven twenty one, Jesus says, Not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about people who say they have been transformed by God, but their life doesn't show any transformation. I should be continually making progress in my spiritual life, in my relationship with God. So the question to ask is, what progress have I made? And when am I spiritually lazy? With this self-knowledge, I can overcome any spiritual laziness and continue to grow. A sixth area to assess is my relationships. It's helpful to know the nature of my personal relationships. Are they transactional, meaning I expect a return on my investment for my time? Am I able to be authentic or to be myself with the people in my life? And if not, why not? Who am I most annoyed by? And how am I like that person? Oftentimes we have the very same fault of the person who is most difficult for us. Self-awareness of how my relationships are working and why can help me grow in holiness, which means that I'm growing closer to God. In the seventh area, I'll call walking on water. This area is about our fears. Do I respond when God asks me to get out of the boat? If not, what fears hold me back? Jesus said that perfect love casts out fear. So where is my love lacking? That's a good question to ask in your prayer time. When I look at those areas of my life, and I'm honest about who I am and what I struggle with, I can begin to overcome my faults. When I acknowledge my strengths, I begin to praise God for them. The path to self-knowledge is really not difficult. It only requires a desire to see yourself as God sees you. You can do this in, in at least two ways, probably more. The first is to sit in silence with God. Take time with Him each day. Contemplate His laws, His miracles, His healings, His teachings. Ask for insight. Where do I need to be healed? What teachings am I resisting? What is it about myself that I'm blind to? And a second way is with a focused daily examine. So an examine is a review of your day. It's a regular review of your day. The traditional approach is to review the day in terms of movements of God, spiritual attacks, and my faults and sins. A focused examine 
hones in on a particular issue like fears or a virtue or vice I'm dealing with or a spiritual practice I'm trying to to start. You review your day considering just that particular issue and try to draw insights from how that day went. So let's imagine that you're going down this path of self-knowledge and you find something out about yourself that's not too flattering. It happens. That is hard for me. I don't like to see my mistakes, to admit a weakness. When confronted with a hard truth about myself, my natural defenses come up. And I can resist that truth. Here are some ways that we do that, ways that we resist. We can attack. Someone points out one of your faults and you respond with, well, what about you? You think you're perfect? Or we can deny. We can say, that's not true. I'm not that way. Or we can change the subject. Hey, did you see that movie last night? Maybe we minimize it, saying that it's no big deal. It's just a little white lie. Or we can blame others, which is what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Eve was asked about the apple and she told God, well, the serpent, he tricked me. And Adam's excuse was even better. The woman you gave me did it. Another way to resist understanding or seeing ourselves as we are is to rationalize. Well, I had a good reason. This is an exception. And the last way that we might resist is to laugh it off. Ah, I'm Irish. What can I say? When I resist, no action is taken to overcome the weakness because I don't see the weakness as a problem. Then I will not grow from this new information about myself and I cannot grow in knowledge of God. Instead of resisting, a better option is to repent like King David who said, Have mercy on me, a sinner. That is the beginning of change, of acknowledging our strengths and our weaknesses. As we grow in self-knowledge, we move away from the extremes of self-loathing and egotism. God is in the middle, where we see our lowliness and God's love for us at the same time. Here's what that might look like, what, what we might come to know with certainty. We are wretched sinners loved by God. Self-loathing focuses on the first part of that sentence and egotism on the second, but both are true. God still loves me, even in my sin, although he doesn't want me to remain in my sin. That is a truth about who I am. We are children of the King. I'm proud to be the child of my parents. It gives me a sense of responsibility to live up to their reputation. The same is true if we see ourselves as God's children. We have a responsibility to live up to his name. My value comes in my association with him. That is a truth about who I am. We are called and given gifts. Self-loathing keeps me from recognizing my gifts and realizing that I've been called to a purpose in this life. Egotism leads to vainglory, taking the glory for myself rather than attributing it to God. In between those two, I recognize my gifts and I use them to serve God. That is a truth about who I am. We are weak and useless without God. 
but with God we can do all things. Self-loathing keeps me from acting on faith. Egotism thinks I can do it without God. The truth is in between. I am weak and useless without God. That is a truth about who I am. We are, brothers and sisters, called to love. It's not about us. We are responsible for each other. Self-loathing may keep us from building relationships with each other. Egotism leads to thinking that we're better than others. The truth is in between. We need each other, and we're called to serve. That is a truth about who I am. Self-knowledge comes from a desire to see myself as God sees me, warts and all. When I allow God to show me myself, good, bad, and ugly, I grow in self-knowledge, which is the beginning of holiness, humility, charity, and gratitude. God knows us better than we know ourselves. Our desire should be to shine God's light in our life so that we can see ourselves as we really are. Then we can become saints. And now, some questions to bring to prayer. Question 1. Which of the seven areas of self-knowledge should I begin to explore? As a reminder, they are gifts, attachments, sins, vulnerabilities, spiritual progress, relationships, and walking on water. And how will I do that? How will I explore that particular area? And question 2. When I hear a hard truth about myself, what's my first reaction? Do I resist? And how can I overcome that resistance? That's all our food for thought today. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share this with a friend. And may God bless you in just the way you need today.